Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball. This is the podcast where we talk about baseball 52 weeks out of the year. There is no offseason, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this at Orange Grove Park in South Pasadena, just down Orange Grove Boulevard from the world-famous historic Rose Bowl. Let me tell you what they're doing. By the time you're listening to this, it's sometime just after Christmas, and they're setting everything up there. They're setting up the benches. They're setting up the grandstands, and they're going to have the big, huge parade. When you watch the Rose Parade on New Year's Day, which is in a couple of days, you will see the floats heading up Orange Grove Avenue and turning right onto Colorado Avenue. And for most of the year, your pal Sully lives in Pasadena. For most of the year, that's just a street I drive up and turn right on. But for one day out of the year, all the television networks and everything are pointed right there. And, well, it makes this part of the country a little special. But why am I recording here? Why am I sitting outside here in South Pasadena here in the, the parrots? There are parrots here, you know that? Here in the parrots, you know, fly around and, and squawking and everything. Because I'm looking at one of the Little League fields. One of the Little League fields is here, and I can't step onto the field. There's a big fence around the whole damn field because they're seeding it. They've planted the new grass, and they're seeding it. And I guess I can think of no better way to symbolize what I'm thinking about baseball than this right now. I've come to a park where baseball is played, and I can't step on it, I can't play here, I can't even watch a game here because the seeds are being planted for the new year, which is kind of where I am right now. Presents have been open, Christmas time has moved on as we're anticipating New Year's, and we're gonna enter 2018. And this is always the case, in 2018, there will be heroes. There will be people whose names are forever associated with that year. And they are waking up now, and they are going through their day, they're having their breakfast, they're going through whatever they do for the day, not knowing that this upcoming year will be synonymous with their achievements. What were the big names in baseball in 2017? Jose Altuve. I mean, if there's any name who can lay claim to the year 2017, it's Houston Astros second baseman Jose Altuve. Because he was the most valuable player in the American League. Still seems weird that Houston's in the American League, but maybe that's because I'm an old fart. But he was the most valuable player and had a season that was dynamic in every way, shape, or form. And was the superstar of the postseason. Dominated the series against Boston, got big hits against the Yankees in the postseason, got a monster game-tying home run in one of the most amazing World Series games ever played, Game 5, and got to be a world champion. Right now, with the MVP and all the awards and the ring on his finger, there's nothing left for Jose Altuve to do in his Hall of Fame quest other than stay healthy and keep putting up numbers. Just pile up the numbers. You've done the hard part. And Jose Altuve, when the year began, was an all-star, was a fine player and everything. But 
Did he know that this was going to be his year? Did Aaron Judge, who went into this year as a, well, maybe he'll hit. Maybe he'll be a decent power hitter for the Yankees. Did he know that he was going to turn into the toast of New York? Did Giancarlo Stanton know that he was going to come within one swing of joining the 60 home run club the first time in the post, well, let's call it the post-PED era, to, for someone to get that close to that number and then finish the year as the newest face of the New York Yankees? Did, well, Max Scherzer won the Cy Young Award. Yeah, he probably knew he was going to be big. He probably knew. But when you think about the players like Justin Turner or Cody Bellinger, some of the people who became the stars of the Los Angeles Dodgers who helped bring them to within one game of winning their first World Series title since 88 and bring them to their first series since 88 and getting over the hump there. These are some of the names that are going to be synonymous forever with 2017. And George Springer, who you could say, who could have predicted that George Springer was going to become the face of the 2017 World Series, except for the fact that Sports Illustrated, so a little easy for you to say, I'm not even going to cut that out. Sports Illustrated predicted exactly that in their bizarre 2014 story that predicted the Astros championship. So just in a couple of days, it'll be 2018. And 2018 will have a name attached to it. There will be a great player who will always be synonymous with 2018. And I don't know who it is, and neither do you. But that person's out there. And so, who would it be? Could it be Mike Trout? Could it be Bryce Harper? Those, those are the easy choices. Could it be Stanton? Could it be Altuve again? Could it be someone we're not even thinking about? I guarantee you, Aaron Judge's name was not on anyone's lips, except maybe if you were part of the Judge household. And I bet even they weren't predicting the fact that Judge would become the single most popular homegrown Yankee since Derek Jeter. I have no bones saying anything about anything like that. Now, we know there's going to be some players who reach some milestones, of course. Albert Pujols is all but guaranteed to get his 3,000th hit. And we know that there's going to be some players who are going to be putting up huge numbers. But who is going to be that player? That player that gets to be the one that everyone talks about at the end of the year. And even the final clip. Think about the final clip of the year. What's the final clip of any year is the last, I'll just say at the last moments of the World Series. Most of the time it's the final out. Well, think about who got the final out in each of the last World Series. Charlie Morton got the final out. Charlie Morton, a spot starter who started the game uh, I believe it was he started Game 7 of the ALCS for the Astros, but came out of the bullpen in Game 7 of the World Series. And kind of a reverse of roles because Lance McCullers started Game 7 of the World Series, and he got the final outs of the pennant. But, but Charlie Morton, 
If you started the year and you said, do you know who's going to get the final out of the World Series? Charlie Morton. You would have been put in an insane asylum. Hell, if you had said that at the beginning of the postseason, because they were still handing the ball over to Ken Giles. And he lost the closer role because he became completely ineffective in the postseason. And, and A.J. Ellis did this smart thing, which was saying, do you know what? I'm not going to just rely on the same dudes that I did during the the regular season. This is a one-game situation in hell. I'll have Charlie Morton throw the final four innings of Game 7 of the World Series. Who would have said that at the beginning of the year? The answer to that is a grand total of nobody. Zero people would have said that. But there you have it. I like to bring this up because it's one of the things that I obsess over is that final out of the World Series because that is the moment as a pitcher you think that you would think about and fantasize about and, and, and want to relive and replay and all the la-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Who got the final out of the World Series in every year of this decade? And yes, this decade began in 2010. Don't start with me. It started in 2011. Okay, last year was Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton, a spot starter, long reliever, happened to be pitching great. They said, hell, why don't we just keep him pitching? And there you go. He wasn't even on the 2016 Astros team. Was brought in as kind of an afterthought. And he gets the moment of moment in the history of the Astros, and that is getting that final out, hugging Brian McCann, and there you go. The year before... It was Mike Montgomery, left-handed uh, long reliever for the Chicago Cubs as the game went into extra innings and they had burned through all their normal setup men and relievers and they brought in Mike Montgomery, who before Game 7 of the 2016 World Series had a grand total of zero professional saves, Major League or Minor League. His first one was saving the World Series that Cub fans have been waiting for their whole lives. He wasn't even on the Cubs until mid-July, and he gets that moment. The year before that was Wade Davis. Wade Davis, who managed to be really the MVP of the postseason for the Kansas City Royals in 2015. He was completely unstoppable and handed the ball to him was all but game over. But at the beginning of the year, he was a setup man for Holland. He got the role of the closer because of injury. In 2014, the San Francisco Giants switched closers from Sergio Romo to Santiago Casilla. But by the time the World Series was over, it was Madison Bumgarner coming out of the bullpen getting the five-inning save to clinch the championship. In 2013, Koji Uehara was the closer for the Boston Red Sox. And that seemed like he was the closer all year because he was remarkable, had a spectacular season, was the ALCS most valuable player. But remember this, he didn't start the year as the closer. They went through several different players, and at the end, it was, Yohara was the third or fourth option. He didn't become the closer until a few months into the season. And then when he locked it down, the Red Sox went on, and he became the figure that beloved in Red Sox history now, jumping up and down on Dave Ross. But if you started the year, you would not have thought of Koji Yohara. He was an afterthought, someone being brought in to be a setup man. The year before that, 
you had Sergio Romo. Now, Sergio Romo had a fine season and an excellent postseason, certainly against the Cincinnati Reds in the division series for San Francisco. But again, that year, the Giants started off with Brian Wilson as their closer. In 2011, the Cardinals went through so many closers, I kind of lost track of who was supposed to be getting those saves by the end. Was it Fernando Salas? I, you know, I honestly don't remember as I'm standing here on this Little League field. What I do know is by the end of the year, they were handing the ball over to Jason Mott, and Jason Mott was the one who had his arms up looking like Zach Galifianakis with the final out. And the year before that was the last time we had a World Series that was clinched by the closer who began the season as the closer, that being Brian Wilson. But even that seemed far-fetched because, remember at the time, the Philadelphia Phillies had just acquired Roy Halladay, and a third straight pennant in Philadelphia was all but guaranteed. And yet the Giants upset them, and the Phillies never got that third pennant. One thing I'm saying about why I keep bringing this up, and this is not the first time I've brought this up, so forgive me if there's a little bit of repetition here, but I do a lot of podcasts, so you got to bear with me. The final exclamation point of the season is the last out of the World Series. And the person who will experience that oftentimes is an unlikely name. Oftentimes is not even the person you'd expect it to be. And the names of the people who will be associated with the year many times catch us off guard. Sure, I will always predict Mike Trout to be the most valuable player of the American League. Do you know why? He's the best player in baseball. And he would have been the MVP of the American League this year if he didn't get hurt. He played in fewer than 120 games and still finished fourth. And maybe, just maybe, this becomes the year of Mike Trout, not because of individual achievement. He certainly have had season after season where his individual achievement has been above and beyond what you'd expect from any star. But perhaps it would be the year that he finally wins a championship and gets to have that October showcase, which we've never, ever had for Mike Trout. But maybe it'll be someone else. You know, it's easy to make predictions and to say that this team will dominate this and this team will dominate that. But go back to 2010. Philadelphia Phillies make it to back-to-back World Series. They beat the Rays one year. They lose the Yankees the next. They acquire Roy Halladay. But they also trade away Cliff Lee. But then they acquire Roy Oswald. And that team looks like it is going to just make a mockery of the National League. And yet they fell short in the League Championship Series. And the next year, with the team still intact, with Howard, Utley, Rollins, Victorino, you know, uh, all the players that were part of the team that you expected them to play well, they reacquired Cliff Lee. And in 2011, the Phillies went on and had one of the greatest seasons in their history and looked like the, the, the postseason was just going to be an afterthought. The only question was, were they going to sweep their way to the World Series? But what happened? They didn't make it out of the Division Series. Sometimes the teams that you look at 
that are the simple teams to predict the championship for don't turn out that way. When the Red Sox acquired that same year in 2011, Adrian Gonzalez and Carl Crawford, people were wondering if this was going to be the greatest Red Sox team of all time. A Red Sox-Phillies World Series was all but assured. And yet, the Red Sox flopped on the final day of the season, getting eliminated, and the Phillies crumbled <laughs> to the St. Louis Cardinals in the five-game division series. Remember when Max Scherzer was brought into the Washington Nationals after they had lost a heartbreaking 2014? I have to make sure I differentiate which heartbreaking year it was for the Washington Nationals. But that heartbreaking 2014 collapse to the San Francisco Giants in the opening round, they brought in Max Scherzer. And you remember what uh, Bryce Harper said to Max Scherzer when he arrived at spring training? He said, where's my ring, bro? Basically, if there was any guarantee, the Washington Nationals in 2015 were going to absolutely pick up the National League East, put it under their wing, and the only question would be, where's my ring, bro? Let's win it all. Well, they didn't even make the playoffs as the team had a cataclysmic collapse in the final two months of the season, one that resulted in Jonathan Papelbon trying to strangle Bryce Harper and then costing Matt Williams his job. And the Nationals, you know, collapsed, slumped, realizing they couldn't, make the, couldn't even make the playoffs with our superstars team, looked up just in time to see the Mets, who stole the division from them, representing the National League in the World Series. It's tough to make predictions. It's tough to see where some things are going to land. And it's virtually impossible to predict who is going to be the names that will be associated with the year. If I said to you Charlie Morton was going to have the highlight of the year, you can argue that it wasn't the highlight because Game 7 was kind of a, uh, you know, basically a done deal by the time the game was over. But if you say, okay, what's the, 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 the big moment of the year and it's on the cover of Time and all this, it's the Astros winning the World Series and Charlie Morton at the bottom of that pile. 2018 is going to have a Charlie Morton. 2018 is going to have an Aaron Judge. There's going to be someone who takes over and becomes the name and the surprise face of a feel-good story for this year. And there will be a Justin Verlander as well. There will be that veteran who joins a good team and finally gets their ring and finally has that moment. We saw two of them this year with Justin Verlander and Carlos Beltran. I emphasize Verlander because Beltran, you know, he was on the team and he got to play in the World Series and everything, but Verlander starred, especially by the way he shut down the Yankees with his two victories, including a complete game victory in the ALCS where he won the most valuable player. And Beltran, who came off the bench and was a valuable player off the bench, finally got that ring after years and years of being 
in some ways, an underappreciated player. I used to think Carlos Beltran was overrated, but he's played for so long that I think he's come back the other way and become underrated. We will have veterans that we get to celebrate. And we will have players who we have counted on. This is the other side of the coin that you have counted on as this player is a big-time player. This player is a big-time hitter. You can always rely on them. And some of them will fall off the goddamn cliff. Sorry, Ray. There will be surprise teams. There always are surprise teams. Did you pick the Colorado Rockies to make the postseason? Did you pick the Minnesota Twins to make the postseason? Did you predict the New York Yankees to be within one game of going to the World Series? If you claim you do, I demand to see evidence and it be time-stamped. So here we go. Pretty soon it'll be 2018. Probably by the time you're hearing this, because I doubt you're going to be spending today listening to baseball podcasts. But on this, this final day of the year, we say goodbye to the memories of the 2017 players, and we look on. And it's always interesting. I, I did a similar podcast to this last year, but I always have these thoughts. And those thoughts are, man... 2018 will be owned by someone out there whose names we already know or some we don't. But they're all alive. (laughs) They're here. They're waking up on this final day of the year and looking around and saying, huh, I hope I have a good year this year. And I'm looking at this grass that's being seeded here at Orange Grove Park, and knowing that in 2018, this grass will be growing, and players here in South Pasadena will be having fun, and they'll be getting big hits there too. But the Major League Baseball is going to be filled with names, and stories, and heroes that when we come back a year from now, we'll be like, man, did they even know what was in store for them. So as we're wrapping up 2017, which we are right now, it's been a weird year for your pal Sully. I stopped doing the daily podcast and there have been some things going on in your pal Sully's life. But I'm still here for you. And in 2018, it's going to be a good year for the podcast. And it's going to be a great year for someone. But... For who? So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, Survey, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. Looking at seeded grass and wondering what next year will spring. This has been Sully Baseball, the final one of 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. See you next year. And you can call me Sully. <laughs>